Welcome to the Space of the Waste, featuring host Melody Edmondson. Do you struggle with the right look to complement your body shape? Have you tried so many different looks and styles only to be disappointed time and again? You've landed on the right program. We'll show you how to make the right style work in your favor. Now, here is Melody Edmondson. I want to welcome everybody to the Space of the Waste. I'm your host, Melody Edmondson, and I'm so excited today to have you on uh, Voice America's Variety Channel. Uh, I have best-selling author, romantic novelist, Renee Rose on today. Renee is a really big deal, but she's very unassuming and takes no bragging rights. So, uh, but I'm going to read a little bit about her. She did graduate right here in Arizona at the University of Arizona in Tucson, and she's been on the USA bestseller list for so many times I can't remember. And Happily Ever After, Pop Sugar named Eroticons USA's next top erotic author. She also has won spunky and sassy favorite sci-fi and anthology offer, the Romance Review's best historical romance, and has hit the USA Today list 11 times with her Chicago Brava, Brava, Bad Boy Alpha, and Wolf Ranch books, as well as various anthologies. So I know... uh, Renee Rose from another friend of mine who's a psychic and healer. And Tammy was uh, a Tesla metamorphosis and Tucson Feldenkrais uh, master. And she is an incredible dancer. She was a dancer and has that gorgeous dancer body, hourglass dancer with slightly uh, broader shoulders And I've helped her find clothes. And she, of course, wears them like nobody else. She's gorgeous. And she's a beautiful girl. And I want to bring her on, Renee Rose. Let's welcome her. Thank you for having me. Hey, it's so fun. I'm so glad you're here. Um, Were you raised in Tucson or elsewhere? Elsewhere. So no, and I did not go to the U of A. I graduated. Oh, I'm sorry. That's all right. I went to Knox College. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, um, and I grew up in Denver, actually. All right. All right. Thanks for correcting me. Um, you moved here then when? Just right after college. After college. My okay. boyfriend at the time wanted to move somewhere warm. So we moved mm-hmm. here. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. It is warm here. Yeah. Okay. What got you into writing steamy, sexy romance novels? So I've actually always been a writer, you know, from, I was like an early reader, like before kindergarten reading chapter books, like one of my mom was a school teacher. So she wanted to instill the love of writing or reading into us. And um, so I was like avid reader. And then I got my degree in creative writing, but at that time I was studying poetry and, um, and we were like in the creative writing programs in college programs, you're really not taught to write romance. Like it's romance is all of the genre fiction, which would be like mystery, sci-fi, fantasy, romance, they're considered like lowbrow. So like we weren't allowed to turn that sort of thing in for workshop. That wasn't, you know, it was like, if you turn it in, it won't be read, that kind of thing. So, um, 
so I wasn't a romance reader. I was a, you know, I was a literary fiction reader because that's what I thought was the only acceptable form. Right. Even if it was a historic person that was, uh, you know. I know, right? Like it's okay to read Pride and Prejudice, but yeah, it's not right. okay to read. Uh, exactly. So, um, so then it was, I was on this, I had to take a plane trip and it was a good friend of mine who I consider an intellectual. And this is before Kindles, right? So I said, you know, do you have a book I can bring on the plane? And she handed me a paperback and it was a Jennifer Cruzy novel. She's a wonderful romance author. And I looked at it and I was like, you read romance? Because I thought, you know, romance, I was too good for romance, right? And this, but this girl is very smart. And she's like, yes, you're going to love it. Just, just give it a try. Just read it. I was like, wait, you read romance. Like I couldn't get over it. You read romance. You respected her. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, just read it. Oh my God. I was hooked. Ah. I read that book. And then I was like, I read all of her books. And then of course, my next thought was like, I could write this because I was a writer, you know? Of course. So, um, does she write from the woman's perspective? Cause you, you do for the I most think, part, don't you? I do dual, dual POV. So woman and man, I think she does as well. I can't remember. Um, I believe she does as well. Okay. Um, yeah. So, and then of course it wasn't, so then I was like trying for maybe a year or two to like write, and it was a historical, right. The, you know, the great American romance novel. And then someone told me about 50 shades. And then I was like, no, I could really write this stuff <laughs> like I, because I'm a little kinky, I have to say. So that was right up my alley. Love it. <laughs> okay. Um, what, what do you have mostly series? Because I know you have, a, you know, a few series. I don't know. No. I mean, you, how many books have you written? I, you know, I've lost count. It's definitely like over 150. Oh my God. Um, and I do write series that tends to sell better. Um, you know, people want to get in a world and stay in it. Yes. Yes. So that's sort of a fun way to, I have the Chicago Bratva, which is the Russian mafia. Yeah. And then I have okay. Vegas underground, which is Italian mafia. And then I have wolf. I have several wolf shifter romances. So there's bad boy alphas. They're set here in Tucson. There's the shifter ops. They're set in Taos, New Mexico. And then there's wolf ranch that's out in Montana. They're cowboy shifters. Oh, yeah. And then there's even two marks, which is a, a special shifter pack that mates in um, two men for every woman. Wow. Now <laughs> talk about what a shifter is, because some of our listeners might not know. Good point. A shifter is um, someone who changes from man to werewolf or to wolf. To wolf. So, but they don't prefer the word werewolf. They prefer wolf shifter. Wolf shifter. Okay. So, and of course the, our audience, like I also have some alien romance books. Our audience likes the like normal human woman with this sort of like other more exotic, exciting man. So that's why wolf shifter or alien or mafia, or if you can, you what about know, vampires? <laughs> we have some vampires too, also set in Tucson. Okay. Great. Well, what, what are you going to, you think you're going to do this for a long time, writing these romance? And what's next? Or like, what what's what's your next series? Uh, ghosts or <laughs> no, or uh, what, what, what can we think up here? <laughs> Aliens. Um. So I lost my train of thought. Um, That's okay. I just asked you, what do you think would be next? I. Do plan to continue. Yeah. So I think that I, this is that thing where I'm getting paid to do what I love. 
right? Yes. Yes. And we want you to keep doing it. I don't have an exit strategy. That's just so fun for me. I am veering into the nonfiction Mm -hmm. side of it. And I'm right now I'm working on a a book on abundance mindset for authors. Oh, wow. That they can sort of attract and manifest um, the career of their dreams. Okay. My husband's hearing that and he wants me to make some money off of these 28 books I wrote. (laughs) Not yet, but maybe after I read your book, I'll learn something. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So it features this. It's the seven steps to creating abundance. Okay. Um, So the first step is clear the deck. So you, that's where you're clearing all your money blocks. You're, you know, oh, I don't have enough listeners on my radio show. I don't, nobody, you know, it'll take, maybe you have these fixed ideas. It'll take five years to get that many listeners, whatever it is. Like you just clear all those so that anything's possible. And then step two, feed the fire. You're setting your intention. I want 50 million listeners, whatever it is. Um, that'd be nice. Yeah. And you find your why, like, why do I want, like, maybe, you know, maybe you have enough money, you're comfortably retired, but like, it would be great to have that many. So you could help that many people find, figure out where their waistline is. And yeah, them. So I know you help me dress myself better, so much better. Or um, travel to some of the engagements I'm invited to, but I have to pay my own expenses. See, well, that, that would be fun to do if I had extra money and, and yeah, dress yeah. other people, be able to ask where they pay you to come. Yeah, that's one of your intentions. There you go. And, you know, I started off when I wrote them. I was so positive. I was just really, I mean, Simone just laughed at me because she was editing everything. But I said, I'm so surprised. I'm already not on Good Morning America. I mean, somebody should have offered me a TV show by now. I mean, this is so much more important than what not to wear. This is what to wear, depending on your body shape and your waist length. And I got to get this out there, you know, but that didn't really happen. And, you know, a lot I have, you know, everybody gives you feedback and you listen to it, but it's like, eventually you just have to know it. It's like printing. Okay. Maybe you don't do cursive, but you do eventually have to print in English. If you live in this country, or if you're born here and your parents want you to, or if you want to graduate from first grade on to second, there are things you have to do. And I think the same thing with dressing, you know, you have to start knowing what your body is and what your waist placement is. I mean, are your shoulders wider than your hips and blah, blah, blah. But we'll get to that later. Now, as a dancer and as an hourglass, you of course have a beautiful figure. I hope you're still dancing. It's like Goldie Hawn once said, once a dancer, always a dancer. And somehow you will always have dance in your life. And everything else that happened to her just came along. But her love was dance and still is, by the way. Yeah. I feel like dance will keep me, keep me moving, keep me young. Yeah. Keep your spirit live. Absolutely. That was one of the, that was the toughest thing during COVID was not being in the dance studio. Oh, I bet. I bet your living room became your dance room. It was my bedroom, but and, and your bedroom. We okay, we zoomed every week, but it's hard to learn choreography on the Zoom screen. Like, yeah, that's a tough one. Toughy, yeah. Did the COVID nineteen um, hinder your sales or help them or what? They helped them greatly. Everyone was home with time to read, Absolutely. so I doubled my income. <gasps> yeah. So, 
pretty amazing for me. So I was so grateful. You know, a lot you know, a lot of people suffered. Um, and of course I had so much compassion for that, but I was for me, I was really grateful for yeah. What what is the price of one of your books? So we let our listeners know. And you're on Amazon, right? I'm on, I'm everywhere. Amazon, everywhere, Noble, Google Play, iBooks, um, Kobo. Um, you name it, I'm on there. And even the reading apps, there's now there's a lot of reading apps on your phone. So like Radish, Kiss, all of those, you can find me. Um, Good to know. So average price is usually five bucks. Five bucks, okay. Five bucks is a very low amount from a whole lot of like the love it. Of, a lot of, of loving going on. At Starbucks, you could have a... Yep, like you say, a lot of loving going on. A lot of loving going on. And a day <laughs> after Valentine's Day, let's call this Valentine's Week. How about <laughs> Valentine's Month? Come on. Uh-huh. Uh, so you told us where we could find him. And what? which of your books uh, have you found to be the most successful? Like the most downloads or the most sales? Are there certain genres that are pretty close or... Are there just certain books that seem to be the two or something? Are the book one in the werewolf, the bad boy alpha series is um, I think my all time bestseller. Um, And then I would say book one in the, the mafia series might be number two. In which mafia? (laughs) I'm sorry. The Vegas underground, which is the Italian mafia. Mafia. And that what's the titles of those two? So Alpha's Temptation is the werewolf shifter one. And King of Diamonds is the mafia romance. Uh, That got stolen from me. (laughs) Twice. Twice. Awesome. It was very good. I may have to get that again. Maybe I'll sell my cabin if I have that (laughs) there and say, take one. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Why do you really think you've been such a success? Why do you I, think your you know, writing is so much better? I mean, it just flows. I mean, I've said this before to you, but not on air, but I like it because I want information every second and there's no blah, blah, blah. Like it doesn't take 40 pages to get to the next room or even a page. I mean, I like to get something every time. I pick the book up because it may only be for 30 minutes or for an hour, but I, and I'm a paperback, I'm an old school paperbacker. I like to read and turn the pages back and go back and read or whatever. So tell me about that. Why do you think you're seriously so, so, so huge on so many different uh, levels and so so many different um, sites and awards in so many areas, whether it's erotic, romance, historical, all these different ones. What do you think? I think I'm appealing to women's universal fantasies. So there's, you know, like I said about the other, the like normal female with the other male. And then, you know, there, I, my romances tend to be um, on the kinky side. And the kink is usually a bit of like power dynamic, like dominance on the side of the male. And this is like that kind of thing where you're like, okay, in real life, I wouldn't really want this, but it's really hot to read about or to fantasize about. Or, you know, we know that the rape fantasy is the number one fantasy for women. Like one in three women have had the rape fantasy. And so, 
you know, when people like, sometimes I, I take flack for what I write, you know, where people are, are really upset. Like I'm promoting violence against women, which, and this is, and when that's when I say like, okay, the consent in my books is on the part of the reader who wants to read that. Okay. If that makes sense. So there's a, there's a, um, readers know it's fiction. They know it's fantasy and that's why they're picking it up. Fantasy. Because of course, I don't really believe everybody has that fantasy, but what they do have is if they're, this is how I take that and give it a twist. I say what they mean is don't ask me if you're going out with a guy or whether it's your husband or you're not married yet and it's your lover or someone, I don't care if it's a first date, tell you the truth, have someone seduce you and just take you. Don't even ask you, just take you. If they have the power to do that, when I'm such a strong person with my own money, my own business, my own everything. Like when I was in New York, I mean, that kind of a guy that has that kind of confidence to think that they could do that, you know, that's, that's kahunis, I think. Right. And I think there's also, for a lot of women, sex is, um, there's a lot of shame tied up in our society around sex. And so this idea is a way to experience sex without being at fault, without being like, in other words, if you tie me up, I don't have, you know, like then I'm not at fault for enjoying it. Yeah. Right. Or the, so that's the, the whole, like, and also like, if you tie me up, I don't have to worry about how to reciprocate. If you tie me up, I don't have, you know, like all of those things of like, you take away control and then she can let go and enjoy. Very interesting. I wouldn't have known about that had I not talked to you. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what I like about the show is I'm a person that likes to learn something new every day. Well, there you have it. Uh, Do you think that, um, I think that dancers, uh, I think the fact that you're a dancer and a writer of romance novels that are even a bit kinky, as you would say, I think dancers have a mind-body relationship like no other people in the world. My nephew is an excellent dancer. I've known women dancers in New York or women dancers that then became something else because they couldn't make it, but they still dance. I mean, couldn't make it, meaning couldn't get on Broadway, but they still dance or uh, for their, and they're excellent at whatever else they're doing now, selling time on the radio or selling, you know, magazines or whatever they're doing they seem to be doing things that to me are still creative. But I think that being a dancer makes you so close to your body that you can get those fine details in there. Do you think it helps? I mean, I think I am very embodied. And so, yeah, when I'm writing bodies, I'm really clear. I, I actually like, it's a pet peeve of mine when I'm reading a romance and I'm like, the position they describe, I'm like, that is actually impossible. Like, I don't, that doesn't, yeah. you know, like that drives me crazy when they're, when I'm like, have you actually tried that? Position? Yeah, right. No. <laughs> exactly. I agree with that. I mean, it has to be real, it has to seem real, yeah. you know? Yeah. And um, I think you've covered all that. Now, I can't wait for your next, this is kind of in a different 
different line with you about your abundance book and the right to riches. And yours is about writing, but it actually could be applied to any creative uh, manifestation that someone wants to have. Right. Uh, And I'd like to know, um, when does that book come out? Is it already out or pre-order? It's up for pre-order and it comes out in November, October. Sorry, October. October. Um, So, and then I would say it's maybe half. (laughs) So So on pre-order, you pre-order it, but they, you pay for it when they ship it. I think that's how, or do you pay for it now? Can you You pay pay for for it it now? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it. Well, tell me anything I forgot to tell you because uh, ask you, because tell me what I forgot to ask you that you want people to know about. Yeah. Well, I am super excited about Right to Riches. It's a, it's the seven steps to creating abundance. And so, like I said, it, like, or like you said, it could be for any creative or it doesn't, you don't even have to be a creative really, but this book, because it's written from my point of view and it has my stories is really geared towards writers. So it's like yes. sort of the blocks that writers have like that imposter syndrome and um, you know, the starving artist stories, like all yeah. of us money blocks of lack that we have to clear in order to be able to receive. And one of the, like when people ask me for my advice for other writers, like my number one tip, which is step three of the steps to creating abundance is to love your books. Love your book yourself. You pour into those books, the more they'll be received in the world with love. And the more you'll be able to see if they need changes or tweaks, or if they need, if there's a certain kind of marketing they're calling for, the more love you're pouring into them, the more open you are to those things showing up. There you so, go. I know love is the magic that makes that makes a career abundant, I think. I think you're right. Love is the magic that makes anything happen, I think. And it's yeah. the only thing that's left when you yes. leave the planet. Um, and go There's a Wayne Dyer quote. I think it's whatever the question, love is the answer. There you go. I like that. I like that a lot. Well, I'm going to buy some more books. And I will rebuy this King of Diamonds for the like 10th (laughs) time or something. And I find that this is really funny, but I find that when I tell women uh, about your books and to go, go to buy it, you know, my books are on Amazon. That's the only thing I ever remember. I know you're on a million sites, but I just tell them, go to Amazon. It's very easy. You can get it overnight. Someone's was going on a vacation a fishing vacation of all things. And I told her to get one. And I, I have often, maybe they get confused and I need to give them the names of more books, but I'm just going to go to your list of books and tell them about these series and say, just get one from the series. And and, and if you want to, if you're going to be gone a long time, you better get three or four from the series because you're going to not want to put the books down. Like I said before, because there's no blah, blah, blah in there to fill the pages. <laughs> and I love that. And also, I like your descriptions of the care. You build your characters well in terms of, you know, I really get them visualized as to what they look like and what he looks like and what the rooms look like, whether it's a hotel room or a home or whatever it is. I like that. I like how you define your characters like that. 
I have to admit, I haven't read the uh, wolf shapers or shaper wolves. <laughs> yep. Wolf, wolf shifters. They're not shapers. No, but they are shape shifters. That's where they're you They're shape shifters. Okay, but you call them wolf shifters. I think there's a line there. I think there's a line of clothing in there for wolf oh, shifters. Yeah. <laughs> Lingerie. <laughs> I think there totally is. That may be your next thing, Renee Rose. Renee my mer- Rose. My merch line. <laughs> there it is. I got it for you. Um, we have a few more minutes. So um, what would you like to talk about, uh, Renee? Um any of the series that I haven't brought up other than the, 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 the wolf, the um, mafia, the um, yeah, we got the mafia in, tell me about the mafia in uh, Russia, Russian. Is it in Russia or here? No, there, so it's called Chicago Bratva. They're set in Chicago. Okay. And um, yeah, so it's Russian mafia. So it was just, it was just a twist on, um, mafia you know italian mafia so this is the russian mafia i have a friend who's done some irish mob um series so it's just a way to you know kind of mix it up but it's super fun um and i'm gratified sometimes i get i get fan mail from russian women who love you never know you're like i mean i'm not russian like i don't know if i'm doing this well but you know they're like i love the series i'm so happy so like that makes me really happy so you um, must have the historical uh, details correct. Or, you know, and then the best thing is like, I have this wonderful narrator. He's an opera singer. He does, you know, he speaks five languages. He does all kinds of great accents. He did the Italian mob. He did a great accent for that. So then I was for this and I said, gosh, I don't know. Can you do a Russian accent? He's like, I speak Russian. I was like, you are kidding me. Oh my gosh, what a fabulous find. He's amazing. That's a job I always forget about are the audios, mm-hmm. you know, and the different languages and all of that. Oh, well, so you do, do most of the girls that write you have the audio or do they read? Do you know what they I have? Most read. It's not even, I don't even sell 10% audio probably. But um, yeah, so most. But are, it's, it's available. Most, most read or do they use Kindle? Or books. Oh, Kindle for sure. I mean, eBooks for sure. I don't okay. sell that many paperbacks either. Okay. Probably not even, maybe even, I don't, I was going to say 1%. I don't know if that's true. But not even as many as audio. No. Boy, am I in the old, old people section. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I like to hold a book in my hand too, but then the thing is, then you have this, you know, bookshelf. Yes. And then you have Maybe. to like, choose if you want to get rid of books and with a candle, yeah. you don't have to worry about any of that. That's right. And there's, and it helps the planet because of the waste and all that. And, and also you can read in privacy. I mean, you could be, you could be writing, uh, working on one of your novels or proofreading. I mean, they, no one needs to know what you're reading. Well, and, and that's why they say there's such a rise in erotic romance was because of eBooks. Like I agree. You have to be embarrassed of I mean, I remember I was going to the acupuncture. So this like, I had just discovered romance, but it was before I found eBooks. And so I had like, it was the cover with the guy with the, yeah. the abs. So you put and in I, another cover. 
Right. No, and I'm, I'm like at the acupuncturist and he's like, what are you reading? And I was like, Oh, did you have to ask? Like I'm all embarrassed. You know? So that was, you know, once eBooks came along, you could just have your exactly. Nobody exactly. has to know. I you think you're reading proofs, as you say. Absolutely. I think that is awesome. And, um, I'm going to kind of, now that I just saw this series on Netflix, uh, uh, Inventing Anna, I'm going to read the Russian series because she was born in Russia, but then moved to Germany. But anyway, I'm not going to tell you anything about that series on Netflix because it's really good. And I really, really, really love that actress. And kudos to her. And what I want to say, Renee, is thank you so much for coming on today. And kudos to you for all of your huge success. And most recently, another USA Today bestseller uh, list. And I just hope you continue to write those romance novels. And I want you to continue with your abundance series as well. And maybe some other you know, more along the line of attracting the life that you want and whatever it may be, money, love, caring, intimacy, children, you know, and anything else. I think you're onto something very, very, very huge there. And obviously you are able to do all of these things. And I'm just so, so proud of you. And this is just so wonderful. Couldn't happen to an a nicer naughty girl and, <laughs> and a prettier and a prettier sexy girl or a br- an intellectual romantic girl so <laughs> good you. for good for you and look forward to seeing you again thanks for being on All right I'm thanks going, so much for having me you're welcome i'm going to sign off and go to commercial break And I'll be right back. This is your host, Melody Edmondson from the Space of the Waste, uh, going to commercial break. Thank you so much. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. C. Melody Edmondson has created a book series, The Space of the Waste. The book series may be found on Amazon.com. You'll want to purchase book one first. Your fashion guide based on body shape and the space of the waste. This is a new method of measuring, including the first guidebook. There are a total of 19 volumes that focus on different body shapes and waist lengths and how to make the space of the waist work for you. Find the Space of the Waste Guides on Amazon.com. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. 
connect with us and we'll connect with you. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on LinkedIn. Get the first word about happenings with the network, where our next live event will be, and what's up with our hosts. Look up Voice America on LinkedIn. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to The Space of the Waste. To reach the show today, call in to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to thespaceofthewaste at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning back in to The Space of the Waste. I'm your host, Melody Edmondson. And I think it was wonderful having Renee Rose on our show, but I think I will take the rest of the time today and finish up our uh, 57 essential wardrobe pieces, and then move right into cleaning out your closet and making sure you have these items. I'll do a quick review as well. Um, I started off with the hard pieces, the um, jacket, depending on your body shape, if it's the long and lean, if you're short-waisted, otherwise fitted for uh, long and balanced. Uh, fitted in the waist would be awesome for if you're balanced or long-waisted. Your trousers, uh, which trousers and jeans now, you know, the skinny jeans and skinny pants and leggings and all that is out. It's now time for your flares, your bell bottoms, your wider legs, your flare, wide flares, fitted and flared, and this new, I call it the banana shape, uh, which everybody has. Um, then you have your, your keen um, skirt to go with your jacket in the same fabric and your pants or trousers in the same fabric as that jacket. So you can wear it as a suit if you want, but you don't have to. The, the, all the pieces can be used individually as sportswear as well. And the pencil skirt can be, if you are short-waisted, it needs to be flat in the front and back straight or flared or stitched down and pleated or stitched down with any kind of a uh, pleat or gore or streamers or whatever is, it could be ostrich feathers or it could be fringe, but flat in the front and back if you're short-waisted. If you're long-waisted or balanced-waisted, you can have a little bit more fabric there. It could be crystal pleated without a flat front or it could be pleated. But if you have extra weight in your stomach, you don't want to do that. Or if you're short-waisted, you would want to have extra bulk there. Okay, and that's ditto with the jeans and the flare, fitted in flare, straight leg, straight from the hip down, just like your black pant. could be straight from the hip down, Tim Gunn's favorite pant or trouser. I suggest having uh, at least seven black tank tops 
a little bit longer in length for everyone because you if you're short-waisted, you're going to need that. And if you're long-waisted, you're going to need it. And if you're balanced-waisted, you're going to need it. And maybe if you're balanced, they don't have to be quite as long, but definitely for long-waisted and short-waisted, I do. If you're tall and balanced, you're still going to need them. I would suggest three sets of shapers, meaning it's a bra, it's a panty all in one, or three sets of bras and panties. These foundation garments are so important for your clothing to look correctly when they're on. If you don't have the right bra, it's going to push your arms out and make your arms look fatter and ruin the shape of your arms, which are beautiful on their own. I suggest a day dress to start with, and later you'll get another day dress. I talked about having your little black dress and your little and your evening black dress, and I suggested them in uh, matte rayon jersey and maybe some silk. As far as coats go, a good winter coat that's very, very warm, whether it's a puffer coat full length or 100% wool or cashmere or camel hair or a wool blend that's warm and a scarf and gloves for the winter. And for rain, I suggest a raincoat with rain boots and an umbrella that coordinates and maybe a hat. The uh, raincoat, if you're in a cold weather climate, I would have a zip out lining so you could make it warm if you need be. The umbrella, I suggest being foldable so it can go in your briefcase or purse. Um, Then we go into shoes. Um, I suggest you, and it's all written in your book by Body Shape, which hopefully y'all have by now, but two novelty shoes to start. And uh, black flats, black high-heeled stilettos, and a black pump, black higher-heeled boots, and black flat boots, and maybe a low flat boot. Three, uh, well, two actually sets before pieces, but at least two sets for your workout clothes. That's where you can wear your leggings and your tennis shoes. Uh, a day bag, an evening bag, uh, a robe, uh, or whatever you sleep in, at least a couple of those, one for the first cycle, two eventually, slippers and flip-flops eventually. Uh, the first cycle, I would buy my flip-flops because you can wear them for both. Um, and I suggest those flip-flops to be for indoors only so you're not tracking everything inside. Keep one pair of flip-flops inside to wear so you don't have to track outside, inside. A swimsuit and a cover-up. And we're going to cover swimsuits in a whole series coming up. And we will also discuss accessories in a series coming up. But I do think... Uh, Every woman needs two statement necklaces, two great pairs of earrings, a scarf and a shawl, and one fantastic belt, along with three pairs of black opaque hose or whatever your essential wardrobe base is, black or navy or charcoal gray, whichever you decide to use. Of course, I love the black, but some women, I've worked with several women that prefer navy because they have pink in their skin and they don't feel that the black uh, is as pretty on them as navy. So go navy or go charcoal. 
or you could go chocolate brown if you're a redhead with kind of uh, olive skin. Um, you might prefer a chocolate brown. That's another way to go. But that is your initial essential wardrobe. Now I'm going to go to what I've been waiting to do. And I want to mention, don't forget about listening to back programs that you've missed on the Space of the Ways or going to the Pinterest boards where I have body shapes there. And you'll see a lot of abbreviations uh, like IV for inverted triangle, SW for short waist, LW for long waist. You'll figure it out. Um, but I want you to go to your closets and you can make some notes in your head and you can always come back and listen to this on in the archive and listen to, just go to the one with Renee Rose. You won't forget her. And that's the one with your closet. I could say something, but I won't. Okay. So I suggest that you firstly organize, hang everything you own up, hang it up, put it in your closet. If you can't do that, take your, take your things that are foldable, like T-shirts, jeans, trousers, and all of your necklaces and all of your underwear and organize it by classification. In, in retail and wholesale, we call classification the type of clothes it is, a T-shirt, a dress, a pant, a skirt, a trouser, an evening trouser, meaning sequins or something satin that you would wear for a cocktail or black tie or something. Uh, by category, then, organize your clothes on the floor and in your closet, both. Your tops, your bottoms, your outerwear coats, your evening gowns, your dressy dresses, or something you could wear to a cocktail party and semi-cocktail, something you might wear to a funeral or a cocktail party, a little bit dressier dresses, and then your regular daytime dresses for work, your regular length first, and then your midi, and then your maxi, all within dresses by that category. Same thing with your handbags, your wallets, your shoes, your sandals, your flip-flops, your tennis shoes, your boots, your yoga shoes, your running shoes, your Tai Chi shoes or whatever. Consider now, after you've done that, you're going to consider every single classification within that with within the classification slash category, like blouses. Put them by wovens, and then your silk, or your, and then your silks, and then your poly silk. Go through your blouses. Go through your shirts. Are they? Do they fit you? Do they have a bunch of spots on them that cannot be removed? Do you want to try to have them embroidery? Do you love them that much? Did you pay that much for it? Or do you just love the blouse? You don't care if it was cheap and you got it at Target. You have had it tailored to fit your body and you want to keep it. You can have those spots covered up with uh, beautiful embroidery by a friend or someone on, on Etsy. It's very inexpensive and it's a way to save your top. You can also replace the collars uh, from shirts that aren't your favorite. Or you can actually buy something very inexpensive at TJ Maxx or uh, Walmart or Marshall's. You could go to TJ Maxx maybe and, and find, or Saks Fifth, look for shirts uh, 
to replace other shirts and see if it would cost less money just to replace it or buy something to remove the collar from to put on a shirt you already love and have had altered. So you've invested in it. Same thing with bottoms, be they trousers, pants, or jeans, um, and weed out some of those, keep up two pairs of great skinny jeans in navy and black and get rid of the rest because you're going to need your closet space for fit and flare, wider legged and banana shape if you can wear them successfully. If you're extremely short, you're going to want to do a boot cut because you're not, you're not going to be able to handle all that big, huge, wide leg or banana leg or great big wide leg, but you're going to do boot cut. And I still think I'm telling people here in Tucson, you could maybe get by wearing your skinny jeans with your over the knee boots. You could wear your skinny pants, skinny, your leggings and some of your skinny jeans with over the knee boots in the fall with a dress with a long tunic, with a, making the dress and the boots, excuse me, the main look. Uh, but some of us that are uh, tall enough and long-legged enough to wear the fit and flare, the boot cut, and the wider fit and flare, and the, and the wider trouser or the trouser straight down from the thigh, the straight down for the thigh is for any height, uh, and the wider legs are for taller people because they do shorten you and they widen you. So think about that. So you got your pants, you got your trousers, you got your slacks, you've got your jeans. Get them or organized and get rid of some of them. If they're not right and they have pleats in the front and you're short and you're a square, get rid of them. That not going to work. I don't care if you're tall in a square. It isn't your favorite trouser. Uh, pleated pants aren't good on anybody, really, unless you're 5'10 and over and are, are stick thin. That's what I really like, anything with gathering and pleats in the front. Otherwise, it's just not a good look. Even with a perfect body, why would you want to bunch up the body and bulk it with that weight of pleats and gathers and things like that? doesn't make sense. So get rid of that. Consider every silhouette individually, okay? If it's wrong, it's wrong. If it's worn out, put it in the worn out stack. If it's uh, good but not right for you, you bought a peplum and you're short-waisted and it looks terrible on you, then you put it in the giveaway to Goodwill or to one of your friends' stack uh, or your kids if you have children or family that need them, uh, it's about giving back. If you need the money, you can actually go sell them on Threads, Poshmark, The Real Real, uh, TradeZ. There are many, many other sites as well for you to sell and get money for your clothes. And it's really very, very easy. You just take pictures of them. You open an account. You take photos of them. You put them on there. You price them. And sometimes they want to help you price them and you get in the beginning a small percent and then your percentage gets higher the more you sell. So I would save your real expensive things for later because you'll get more for them. Uh, and also colleges and universities for the historical wardrobe uh, uh, conservatory uh, will buy 
your designer clothes. So you can also do that with your designer clothes. But after you've considered your silhouettes in every single category, you have your giveaway stack, your throwaway, and you have your stack of, let me take it to the dressmaker and see if she can flatten the front, take the pleats out, if they're worth that, uh, or cut the skirt off so it looks good on my leg, uh, or shorten the sleeves of the blouse, or tighten the collar, take in the bodice of the blouse. You may have good things in there that you just don't wear because they don't fit you correctly, but they could. So put that in a pile and then consider, you can look on Google and see what blouses cost and you can consider that you may be better off buying another blouse. But some many, many girls I know who have gotten uh, breast implants could be 38 bust line and 21 inch waist and 32 inch hips and 32 inch shoulders. So they have purchased custom made blouses I would call those custom makers and ask them for new collars and cuffs before I would go and throw that shirt out or have another one made. I'm sure you could. If money is no object to you, of course, just buy a new one. If some of your blouses are uh, great, but you just don't like the buttons, change the buttons. You know, go to Joann's or wherever has buttons or get online and buy yourself some buttons. I'm always doing that. It makes Outfits so individualized, whether it's a jacket or a blouse or a shirt, is to change the buttons. Great idea. Uh, same with coats, same with anything outerwear. Um, if you are short-waisted, when you're going through those dresses, don't you dare keep a dress that needs a belt. Don't you dare keep a dress with a seam across the middle. Get rid of those. Either sell them, give them away. If they're dirt, if they're worn out, um, have lots of uh, thread pulls and uh, stains that won't come out, of course, just get rid of it. No one's going to want to wear it. But all when you put your wardrobe back together, you should have only things in your closet that you could wear today, okay, that are fabulous. Now, if you've just had a baby or you just recently put on 20 pounds of COVID weight, but plan on getting back to your other weight and are started already, keep that in mind with these clothes because you don't want to give away what's going to be able to be worn in a matter of five months or six months or a year. So, but if the clothes are wrong for you, no matter how much weight you've, you're going to lose, like if you're short-waisted, it isn't about weight. It's about the way your body's built by its bone frame. If you are uh, wider shouldered and you have, and you're tall and you're bigger, you don't want to have, if you're bigger in general all over, not just tall, because that wouldn't warrant what I'm going to say. But if you're a larger woman and you have wider shoulders, you don't need the big puffy sleeve blouses, puffy sleeve dresses, puffy sleeve coats or dresses or anything else. Uh, if you're going to keep one, keep one black one and have it be a long dress, but otherwise get rid of them because they're, or maybe you could have the sleeves taken out and just wear them sleeveless or put in a new sleeve. Ask your, ask your um, seamstress. Google seamstresses in your area. There will be somebody fabulous. 
And you may just be able to create some day wear dresses out of your evening dresses or some evening dresses or or cocktail dresses out of your day dresses just by changing up the sleeves and the hem. Um, another thing you can do is take a look at all of your shoes. If you are a tiny person and small boned and short legged, you're not going to want thick, thick soles, real thick and heavy boots or shoes or sandals or flats are not going to be for you. If you have thicker legs and are shorter, thicker shoes are not for you either. I had a friend her whose favorite shoes were very thick-soled shoes. She was about five feet. She had thicker legs and very shapely legs, but thicker and broader-shouldered, a shorter person, inverted triangle, long-waisted, and very short legs. Those thicker shoes just made her legs look even shorter, even heavier. They just were wrong. Once I got her into lightweight shoes, strappy lightweight heels, pointed toe heels, and flats that were open, open sandals, and pointed toe uh, flats. Uh, and she, she just looked so much more feminine and so much more beautiful. And she was a beautiful girl anyway. Um, remember with your coats, if you're short-waisted and if they have a belt, you may, if you're not in too cold of a climate, be able to belt them in the back and leave them open in the front. But if you have to bu you know, button up your coat, you're going to have to get rid of those coats. You just are. Or you're going to make a jacket out of it. But you can't wear it as a coat with a belt if you're short-waisted. You're going to look like a you have on like you're a potato with a sack on potato meaning well actually it would be like more like a peanut with long 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 legs hanging out um and if you're wider and shorter in the bodice like i am short torso and short-waisted not all short torsos are short-waisted and not all long torsos are long-waisted so don't think that that's not right you can be short-waisted and long torso you can be short-waisted or short torso like me i look like a box on the top with long skinny legs hanging out so i wear straight line coats straight steamer coats straight sheffield coats no belts I do have a raincoat that's trench. I just tie it in the back and leave it open because I'm in Arizona. I never need it for warmth, okay? But if you need warmth, you need not do that, okay? And you can't do it with your winter coat for sure. But you can get straight line coats. But watch those puffer coats if you have any bulk or girth on your body at all because Puffer coats make everyone look better. So they're really good on tall, lean rectangles or tall, lean inverted triangles or, or tall um, hourglass. Okay, I'm going to have to sign off. It's time to go. We got through our closet and this is Melody Edmondson. Hoping you'll tune in next week for the Space of the Waste on the Variety Channel of Voice America. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to The Space of the Waste. 
Please join host Melody Edmondson again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next time.